You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. At any size soft drink for just a dollar, and you get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. Turned out to be the greatest victory of my life Cause when it comes 
Good evening, good evening, good evening. Tonight is weekly Food for the Soul Bible Study Session. Yes, tonight is March the 18th, 2021, and yes, tonight the doctor is in. We are in the Apple Valley Studios tonight with the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore, the National Prelate and Founder of the Greater All Nations Physical Church of Jesus Christ, 8516 South Compton Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90001. Tonight is our Bible study, and Dr. Moore will be breaking down the religious wall. He will be giving what thus saith the Lord the way the Lord gave it to him. He will give it to us raw and uncut. He doesn't sugarcoat anything, baby step, walk it, none of that. He gives it to you the way God gives it to him like never before. So we are truly elated tonight for you to be here with us in Radio Land. First off, we want to thank God for everything he does. Without him, we are nothing, but with God, everything is possible. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can, and also you can. I'm, I'm telling you that part. Can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, who strengthens you. So that's Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. My grandmother, our national mother, years ago, she told me that I was going to live with my son, and I was so nervous, and she gave me that scripture. And that has always been a very dear scripture to my heart, just on the fact that it is true. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. But remember, when that scripture is talked about, it's not just saying, oh, any old thing. It's through Christ, so that means you got to have faith and you got to believe that when you're walking and talking and doing things, that, that is representing God. Are you representing him tonight? So tonight, for my words of encouragement, spiel, I want to talk to you guys about how a Christian can stand up for faith when the world seems so anti-Christian. Now, you know what kind of time we have, what kind of world we're living in today, what dispensation we're in, the different cultures, the different people that believe in different ways of God and different religions. But you might imagine that standing up for Christ involves preaching on street corners, traveling as a missionary to far-off countries, or debating your atheist professor. However, standing up for Christ actually does not begin there, but begins much closer to home. Standing up for Jesus Christ begins first off, with your personal confession of faith. You might wonder, what does that mean? That means that you are asking God wholeheartedly to repent of your sins, number one. Number two, after you wholeheartedly repent, you are getting baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And number three, you are seeking for the Holy Ghost, which is God's gift, his comfort that he promised us when he was to ascend back into heaven. He promised us he'd never leave us nor forsake us and left us the Holy Ghost as a keeping comforter. And then 3A, because 3 has two parts, the A and a B. 3B is to speak in an unknown tongue. That means in a language that, that no one else will understand except for those that have the opportunity to speak in tongues like you yourself will do. That is what the steps are after you confess to the Lord that you want to be saved. And I know there's a lot of speculation. A lot of people might say, repeat the sinner's prayer and you're saved. Let me tell you right now, that's absolutely not true. That's not your ticket to heaven. You cannot just repeat that prayer and you say, no, you can actually get on your knees and pray to the Lord, and you can tell him wholeheartedly you're repenting for your sins, and you can ask him to keep you and strengthen you and, you know, keep you covered under his blood, and you can ask him to work with you as you stay on his good foot. You stay on the path that he's called for your life. That way you can walk through your purpose. 2021 is about walking through your purpose, but that's what you can do. 
there's no, you're going to repeat some words that are written down all of a sudden you say, it's not, a, God is not a microwave because you press the buttons and when he finishes, ding, that, that's it. No, no, no. There are steps, kind of like when you're a newborn baby, there are steps to being able to do what you do. When you're first born, all you do is eat, sleep, that's pretty much it. As a baby, you're seeking attention. Once you become two years old, now you're pretty much walking, you're learning new words, you're talking, and you're and you're seeing everything in a brand new life. Well, when you first get saved, you are a baby in Christ. You're learning what it is to be captured in his arms, to be in his embrace, and to understand what is so beautiful about working with God. That's what you're doing. Now, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised his own self because Jesus is God from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Right there, this is my word of encouragement to you. If you're not where you want to be in Christ, talk about it. Do something about it. Go in your closet. It doesn't have to be a physical closet. It could be mental, mentally in your mind. You can go in your car, the garage, in a room to yourself and call out his name and ask him, Lord, what can I do for you? And if you never do anything else for me again in life, you've done enough. You can ask him that. Where do I fit in your kingdom? How can I benefit your kingdom? How can I do what you've called on me to do for my life. How can I walk in my purpose effectively? What would you have me to do? You don't want to be between two sides of the fence anymore. You want to be on the winning team. You want to be on the right side of Jesus. You want to be able to have the right hand of fellowship. You want your light to shine so bright that everybody wants to do what you do. They, they want to figure out how your God got your light shining so bright. That's what you want to do. You want to be able to let the manifestation of God's will be a beautiful thing in your life. So remember, this is how you can stand up to faith against all the world. Thank you for my inspiration tonight. I appreciate you guys for listening to me. And now it is time for the real word. Of course, I love being inspiring to you because it does me good when I'm inspiring to you guys. I find the information and I share what I found with you. Hopefully, any part of it is very inspiring to you. So I thank you. But now let's get down to the meat and potatoes of tonight. Well, we're all here for Radio Land to hear the one true word of God. God bless you all. The doctor is in, and he will break down the religious word of God to you now. God bless everybody. God bless you and Radio Land tonight. Amen. We are so grateful tonight, amen, for those encouraging words from this young lady that is dedicated and faithful unto the Lord. Each week she's with me, and God knows I'm not going to let her do anything that I know that is not of Jesus Christ. But I thank God for her testimony, encouraging the young people out there that you can live for Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that 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 there is, and that's what she's trying, amen, is to relate unto you, you can live for Jesus Christ. Thank God for her tonight, amen, uh, being with us and ready your land. As she says, amen, we are going, amen, into the word of God. God's word, amen, is the only thing that is going to stand, fail, 
the word will be here. We cannot get rid of the word of God. And I'm going to call your attention tonight. Pray along with me. Ask God to open up your spiritual understanding. We are in a lesson tonight, and we all want to hear what the Lord is saying to us from his word. I'm just a vessel, amen, to speak his word. Thank God for he allowed me is to have that little wisdom and knowledge, amen, and to share uh, this glorious word with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 and 12 through 25 through 27. And I want to say, man, it's such a blessing because we're not only here in America, but we are all over the land. And many people hear these messages, and it's blessing them. And I'm just so grateful. So we want to, amen, obey the Lord. It's better to obey God than man. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 10 through 12, 25 through 27. It reads and says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfect, joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been declared, for for it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of ceaseful, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you says, I am a Paul, and one says I'm a Paulus, and then one says I am Cephas, and then one says I'm of Christ. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For you see, calling brethren, how that not many wise men is after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Ephesians 4, 1, 6 13 says, I therefore, the prison of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you were called, with all loyalness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. 
There is one body, one spirit, even ye are called in one hope or your call. It's one Lord and one baptism. One God. He's the Father of us all, who is above all, and he through us all, and he's in you all. See, we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. Philippians 1, 27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becoming the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I read you the entire Amen chapter of 1 Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians, Amen, 1 and 27. We want to talk tonight about being united in Christ. I'm talking to every believer, every born-again believer. We ought to have unity in Jesus Christ. Unity is by one of the strongest things that we can have in this gospel of Jesus Christ. If all the beloved saints only believe the same way. Ephesians in the fourth chapter, verse three, say we got the endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. You got to strive for unity. It's not easy to keep unity, but you got to work hard to keep unity in the bonds of peace. Because you know, you know, your adversary don't want. All the saints of God is to have unity. I like Amen verse 10 when it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. Not some of us as believers, amen, but all Christians, if we're reading from the same Bible, and we believe that the word of God is inspired by the word of God, we ought to all speak the same thing. No matter what name we got hung over our church, if we're reading the same word of God, we ought to speak the same thing. What great unity that would be if the body of Jesus Christ was all speaking the same thing or speaking the same language. But he went on to say, amen, uh, that there be no divisions among you. Now, this is where, amen, the church is as weak as it is now because there is division among the believers of Jesus Christ. 
We might be reading the same Bible, but we all don't agree the word of God alike. So that is going to call division among us. Going to call the churches not to be as strong and supported as it would be if we all would speak the same thing. The Bible let us know that a house that is divided, it can't stand. And if the believers in Jesus Christ is divided, they can't stand either. But that ye be perfect, joined together. Unity is coming together. Joined together. You may not have been Amen, John, together in one time in life. But as you see the light, walk there in it. As God opened up your understanding and you're growing in Christ, when you see, amen, God is touching your heart and mind, let's walk in the same light. But that you be perfectly joined together, in the same mind, not two minds. A believer, amen, ought not have no two minds when it comes down to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to have the same mind. And in the same judgment, what is amen to be judged, we ought to judge that equally. United in Jesus Christ. It's a very important thing, amen, to the believer. The unity, the power of unity. When we have, amen, the power of unity, we can do so much more together than that if we be divided one from the other. There is great power in unity. As a student has observed, amen, God hates the builder project of Babylon because of the power of unity. God looked down and seen the power of unity when they were building the tower of Babylon, and it was not so good. Because the Bible says, and they says, go to, let us build us a city and a tower, who top may reach in the heaven. And the Lord says, behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they began to do. And now nothing will be restricting from them which they have imagined to do. That's Genesis chapter 11, 4 through 6. God seen the people now had one mind, one language, and they were going to build a tower because they wanted a name for themselves. 
And the name for themselves was not the name, amen, for salvation. But they wanted something, amen, that they wanted to build and say, amen, that we have built this. And as you know the story, God had to intervene. God introduced to the multitude of language at Babylon with broad confusion. He had to, amen, bring, amen, confusion because if he would allow them to build that tower with one mind, they would have did what they wanted to do. But God confused their language. And he interrupted their building program that was transgressing his will and purpose for humankind. There is a law called, this law states that when the John and Act of Agent are brought together, they increase each other effectively. This law was the first introduction to me when I heard the story of the A man was building a bridge. Let me go on to say, when you come together, you can accomplish everything. And this is what Jesus was trying to get his believers to do, is to have unity in the body of Jesus Christ. Don't let there be no divisions among you. Believers need to learn, amen, the incentive value and power of unity. We need to learn that. When the body of Christ is truly unified, nothing can halt the power of the church performing God's will and purpose on earth. If the church were just only together, God's will could be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I'm afraid, amen, that some says I am a Paul. Some says I am of, of Apollos. Some says, Amen, that I am a Cephas. And some says that I am Christ. We are divided. Paul did not die for you. Apollos did not die for you. And Cephas did not die for you. Only one died for you, and that was Jesus. We are not have no division of who died for us. We know who died for us. And that was none other than Jesus. The unity of the body. Unity within the individual. You got to have unity within yourself. You got to have unity in your home. Unity in the church. Unity in an organization. There has got to be unity. If everybody's trying to do what they want to do, there is no unity. Paul is letting the believers know that we ought to have the same mind. Let us have the same thoughts. 
let us mind the same thing. Unity in itself is not necessarily a virtue. There are unity, a purpose, display. In the temple building of the town of Babylon, whom top may reach into heaven. They were trying to get into heaven because they had unity. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. They didn't want to be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The motivation of this unity was pride. It wasn't to glorify the name of Jesus, but they, it, it was the motivation was pride. They wanted to be somebody. The builders of the temple of the tower, amen, of Babel and desired to make a name for themselves. Not a name to glorify God, but a name to glorify themselves. I look in and listen at this. My mind goes back to 2021 right now. Mankind is trying to build a tower. They're trying to build a name, but it's not a name to glorify Jesus. It's a name of pride. It's a name of self-respect. It's a name for humanity. They had not included God in their plan. The same spirit of back there at the end is in our present day and time. They have not included God in their plan. Even in the church building with amen, God's name on the church, many of them have not included God in their plan. They're trying to build a building, going into heaven without God which is impossible. Although it may appear to be a mile, the base of the union and the ultimate results, the true doctrine of the scripture, many do not view the Bible as the inspiration word of God. Many don't take Amen, that this is God's word. It was written by Amen. God controlling mankind through the Holy Ghost. Many don't take this to be the real word of God, the word that can't lie. Mankind can lie, but God can't lie. Dear Jesus Christ does desire unity within the church. His body on earth, he, amen, is looking for unity. Beloved, tonight, if you can hear me, and all of you, amen, that is to go back with Jesus, because he's the only somebody that died for your sins and mine. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, and I in me, and I'm in thee, 
that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. John 17 and 21. Jesus said, me and my Father, we are one. We are not two. We agree on the same thing. We got unity among us. The kind of unity for which Jesus prayed and which the Bible teaches has its goal. The united of all believers within the body of Christ, not necessarily unto one organization, but unto a unity, a united of faith in Christ and his word. The necessity of this kind of unity is made clear by the word of Jesus. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. In every city, a house divided against itself shall not stand. If we are divided among ourselves, if we don't believe the word of God, I'm talking believers, this is Matthew 12 and 25, you're going to come to an end of nothing. But Jesus said, Father, make them one as we are one. Can we find such unity in the body of Jesus Christ today? Or are we really selfish? I believe if we ever prayed, amen, for unity, it should be now because, amen, I see a lot of division is in the body of Jesus Christ. It would be a, a bruise in the psychological sense to expect the human body to function at all if the various members of the body were to perform independently of each other. Our body, amen, don't function independently, amen, to each other. Our body function together. Impulse are sent from the brain to the central nerve. Sister calls them the hand to reach to the feet to walk and the mouth to speak. All members of the body works together in harmony and in union. The purpose of accomplishing a special task. Amen. Our body, the members of our body, they work together because they realize they own one body. They are not independent of themselves. Why do the church have to be independent of itself? I'm talking about unity tonight. In a spiritual sense, Jesus is the head of the church. In Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, many members constituted the body of Christ. It's a lot of members in the body, 
but there is not but one head. And if Jesus is the head of the church, all the members ought to be in the body. We ought to obey the head. Each member is necessary, and we should not consider any member none necessarily. We got to work with all the members, whether they're strong, whether they're mature, or whether they're weak. If they are in the body, they are in the body. They are there is to support, amen, the body of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 27. Read this. They are there is to support the body of Jesus Christ. Everybody's not a hand. Everybody's not a feet. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody's not a preacher. But we all play a part in the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ is comprised of individuals. The individual Christian who has the peace and love of God in his heart will endeavor to promote the work of God and strive to be a peacemaker. God is looking for some peacemakers. God is looking for some peacemakers in the body of Jesus Christ. Are you trying to promote peace? Are you one of those, amen, that is bringing division among the saints of God? Because it's something you don't like or something that you may not understand. Now you're going to bring division. But Jesus, amen, is looking for peacemakers. Where there is no peace, there can be no unity. If there is no peace, amen, there can't be no unity. Time you turn around and you're biting and devouring one another, amen, you can't get no place. There is no unity. If there is no peace. There can be no unity, neither in the life and the purpose of the individual or in the body of Christ. It is much easier to destroy unity than it is to preserve and promote it. It is easy to destroy unity, yes. Because it's easy to act ugly. It's easy to be unkind unfaithful to one another. So it is easy to destroy unity. Jesus placed his blessing on individual peacemakers. When he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Are you a peacemaker? In the body of Jesus Christ, are you one that causes confusion? Do you want to promote that love and peace that Jesus, amen, has put in his body? Unity of purpose is evidence type of the Christians who can truthfully repeat the testimony of Christ. Can you really repeat the testimony of Jesus Christ? 
The meek is to do the will. The meek is to do the will of him that sent him. If Jesus has sent you, you will have a meek and you will have a humble spirit. And to finish his work, you won't, you won't stay there. He that endures until the end, the same shall be saved. John 4 and 34. The individual who has this kind of goal for his life will deserve to see the same op- objective accomplished in the whole body. In contrast to this singleness of heart is the person who waves, waver. James compared, amen, this individual to a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossing. James 1 and 6. A Christian, amen, who is divided in his loyalty and his ambiguity and unstable in all his ways can do nothing to bring stability and unity to the body of Christ. If you are unstable in your life, if you're like a wave out on the sea, you're just just, just wondering and you can't stay straight, you're doubtful. You can't help yourself and nobody else. Paul stressed the unity within the individual which is actually peace with oneself. In the prayer, he prayed for the Thessalonians. Peace. Do you have peace within you? Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not that the world I have, but I'm going to give you my peace. Paul began to say, and the very God of peace, sanctify ye whole. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, and soul and body be preserved, blameless, coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 5 and 23, he wants that kind of peace to be in you. Do you have unity among your brothers and sisters tonight? Unity in the home. Do you have unity in the home? Are you saying that you are a believer in Jesus and the only time that you claim unity is when you go among the brothers at church. Well, amen, the Bible said charity begins at home, and then it spreads abroad. You must have unity, amen, right in your home. The church and the utmost, the body can be no stronger than the family. Unity of which it is compared. Satan and all the forces of evil and his allies in his deliberation attempt to destroy unity and harmony in the family. Satan is after the family. All praise the Lord. We want to go to church and we want to show people how saved and sanctified we are. But are you showing that at home? Your family is involved. Your family ought to be the first somebody that you show unity to. Your children, your grandchildren, your wife, your husband, do you have that unity with them? 
Satan and all his forces of evil, amen, and his allies in a deliberation attempt to destroy unity. They want to destroy the unity in a family. Sanctification issue involves the family. Unity has been discovered and studied for 10 years by the intellect, including sociological, historical, psychological, and even political. Today, approximately one-half of all marriage in the United States ends in divorce. National vital system. Rates are possible simply all of North America. But the sanctity only accounts for the total number of marriage and divorce. They do not consider multiple marriage, divorce, by individuals because there is no unity in the home. What are we coming up with? Divorce, up on divorce. We are hurting and we are bruising one another, putting marks on our children for the compliance marriage and the home today current tendency towards same sex. Look what same sex is done. It is tearing up our home today. Same sex marriage. Marriage and the raising rising number of couples living together without the benefit of being married. We are okaying all of this today. That's not unity. That's what Satan has plotted, to destroy the unity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You ain't going to see nothing but divorce. Nevertheless, to say, there are family unity today. God's plan is for one husband and one wife to remain together in unity. That is God's plan. For one man and one woman is to remain together in unity until death do us fall. That's God's plan. The man decides he's going to change God's plan. Raising and instructing their children to fear God and keep his commandments. See Genesis 2 and 24. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Many parents, they fail to realize the tremendous influence their lives and instruction have on their children. They fail to see. Amen. If you are not a real good parent, you don't know what you are doing to your children. You are causing them is to start rebelling against the very principles of God. 
firm discipline in the home. It administers in love, firm dis- discipline, or show love. With the father and mother standing together as one will do much towards establishing unity in the home. Firm discipline. Your father and mother is going to stand together and let those children know this is what we teach and this is what we believe and this is what you're going to have to abide by. You got to be, be foreign. The word of God teaches, amen, that children are to honor and obey their parents. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3. But you got to be firm. Children, when they grow up, they will love to go back and say, my parents were firm. They didn't let me get away with this and that. Many things that the other children were done by my parents wouldn't let me do because the parents showed them love. Parents should conduct their lives in such a way that their children will have confidence in them. Do children have confidence in their parents today? Sometimes the parents are living worse than the children. Where is the unity? This requires a mother and a father, amen, to live a constantly godly life. Children learn better by example. Don't tell me about it, but show it to me. Show me how to live. Parents should be able to say to their children, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what they should be able to. But amen, the children don't see no example of parents following Christ. Or if they do say they see an example, it's not the example what a child even want to see sometimes. But you ought to live the life that your child can say, I see my parents following the word of God. Parents who do not have time to spend with their family requires frequently uh, Mrs. Church. When they don't have time, amen, is they uh, spend time with their family, amen, they frequently Mrs. Church. Today, more than ever, young people need the guiding love and understanding of parents must provide this in the home. You got to start in the home first. Children will imitate you. What they see you do, they will do. Amen. What they see you do, they don't never see you pray. They ain't gonna pray. They never see you read the Bible. They ain't gonna read the Bible. But I am a living witness of that. I have children all around me, and they follow my pattern. They read the Bible, and I don't even know they read the Bible. Because they see me reading the Word of God. They see me praying. They know how to pray. They see mother and father showing love and respect for each other. Amen. My my children, when my wife up to seven years was living, they seen me show love 
towards my wife, and my wife showed love towards me. They seen that. It grew up in them. And that's the way they want to be. They don't want to find no man that they can't be affectionate with. Paul gave the guidelines for this kind of relationship in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 21 through 25. A peaceful home in this world, a coas, it frustrates and confuses is like an Oscar in the desert. This kind a home will not be divided. It will be unified. If you keep them together, it won't be divided. When the atmosphere, amen, of everything else is up in the air, amen, you can believe your children is going to stick together. The atmosphere, amen, of this home will be governed by the principal expense of Ephesians 4 and 32. And that is to be ye kind one to another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgive you. Christian home, in which unity has been established, will be instructed in producing strong churches. If you, amen, got a good, strong Christian home, amen, you can look, amen, for some children to come out, amen, and be a good instructor in the body of Jesus Christ. Unity. I'm talking about unity in the church. Unity of the purpose, amen, was the strength of the early church. They believe in coming together. They believe in spending some time with one another. The 128 men who first, amen, received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, were the original members of the church. What kind of individual were they? They were subject to all human emotion of sorrow, gladness, cowardice, brave, regret, hopelessness, loneliness, disappointment, loyal humanity, and consecration. In other words, they felt everything that we felt. What kind of people they were, they were the same kind of people we are today. But they had unity among them. James and John, the sons of thunder, were there. Their quarrel over a man who were, who were to be the greatest in the kingdom of God were not an and so Peter was there. The disciples who were ready to use carnal weapons in defense of his law. Thomas no longer was a doubter. He was there in the church. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was there among the 120. They were common people like we are today. But they had units together. The early church, amen, like churches today, were made up of individuals from many walks of life and with very different personalities. The secret of success in the early church, amen, 
was the ability of individual members to forget their as different and self-motives and work together with one accord. They didn't bring up all that mess what they used to do. They forgot that. They put that behind them. They made made a new start in Christ Jesus. They daily, they were daily, amen, with one accord in the temple and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart according to Acts 4 and 46. Following the healing of the lame man and the beautiful gate, the Jewish authority threatened Peter and John and commanded them to refrain from speaking They threatened Peter and John and commanded them to refrain from speaking or teaching in the name of Jesus. They didn't want to hear them, amen, preach or teach in the name of Jesus. Because there was unity, there was power in the name of Jesus, and they didn't want to hear that. They lifted up their voice, amen, to God with one accord, according to Acts 4 and 24. The Lord heard their uh, united prayer, and he manifested his power by shaking the place in which, amen, they were assembled. They received power to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts 4 and 24 through 20, 31. Unity, prayer. Unite hearts, knitted together by love of the purpose, still move the heart in the hands of God. You must have love. You must have unity, one for another. Let us speak the same thing. Let us mind the same thing. Let us preach one Lord, one faith, and one baptism in Jesus' name. May God bless you. This is Dr. Moore. Wow, that was very powerful coming from Dr. Moore. Please tune in next week. We shall return again and again and again. Thank you so forever much. God bless you. You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's Crispy Chicken Biscuit for only $3. And Eddie Size Soft Drink for just a dollar. And you get your day started on a high note. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.